Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Matty Marshall. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm uh, happy to have uh, Rainy Stanzik here and uh, excited to have him sit in, pick his brain a little bit. Um, he's always an entertaining conversationalist, but uh, also because Rainy just uh, decided to plant Edmonton Impact finally uh, after saying yes, apparently, to every pro team that asked you, <laughs> you're now officially playing for Edmonton Impact. So, uh, so how did that go down, man? Um, you know, like a couple days after Cup, I was talking with Joey Blute, and he needed a yes or no answer for the following year. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, if I have to give you an answer right now, I'm going to have to say it'd be... And this is the team you currently, or you had played the season with? The team I had played the season with, Tampa yeah. Bay Damage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he needed an answer, and I was coming off just being 12 days in Florida, I was like, I don't see myself flying to Florida all the time, so right now I'm going to have to say no. So this is like three days after Cup. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really tell anyone. I just kind of like let it be so that way nobody, you know, whatever. And I talked with Impact a little bit. I actually talked with Impact the year before about playing with them. Yeah. But things just didn't work out, timing issues, whatever. So I'd been in contact with them for those like two weeks, just kept kind of talking with them. And then somehow got out that I quit damage eventually. So the channel to Impact was already open from previously when you had talked to them because... And I, because I mean, you went to um, damage. When exactly did you go to damage this year? I, I went to remember. damage like a month before the first PSV. Yeah, event. it was pre- it was pretty close to the the it was year. Pretty close to the event, yeah. and it kind of had to do with I had like a bum knee, and I didn't get the MRI till January. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got my MRI, and I'd played a month and figured out like I wanted to be somewhere else, it was like super close to the event, and Impact had already played, already had all their guys, and mm-hmm. so it was too little, too late. So I was like, you know, I just like damage was definitely a really good option at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, damage is top team. Impact, obviously, you know, two seconds this year. Damage won an event this year. But, I mean, you know, your services are prized. Everybody wants you on their team for a reason. I mean, you're one of the better two threes in the game. Uh, you've got a lot of experience playing in big games, playing at the highest level. Uh, so I could see teams, of the, you know, the teams at the top level. Because that's a tricky spot, man. You know, the two is... Not an easy spot to play. The threes, not necessarily. You know, most guys there are really good at shooting, very experienced, have a ton of, you know, real hard hardcore game reps in their repertoire. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, time behind the gun. Yeah, no, definitely. That was like the one thing I really focused on this year. Like, if you want to compare yourself to back players, you immediately look at Dave Baines. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm like, what does he do that I don't do? And he shoots a lot more people off the break. So I spent all year long just when I'm out of the field, just practicing laning. So I just kind of added that to my arsenal of weapons just so I could be like, all right, somewhat up to his, you know, his level of landing off the break. Yeah, that's a high level to try to get to. Yeah, and yeah. so he's a super good gunfighter, so I'm like, all right, let's see if I can do that. Yeah, well, it's imp- – I mean, there's there's only – I mean, it's a, it's a it's an incredibly important but limited skill set that the two not, – not the two needs a lot of tricks in his bag. And I say you play that mid-guy role um, – as well because you're probably one of the most versatile i mean i guess you're a back guy three technically but you're pretty versatile i mean i've seen you go to the snake off the break i'm a back guy that wants to play in the front but realizes i have to play in the well because you're a reformed front player yourself right yeah i mean did you play front at some point in your career because that's that's what happened to I me mean, everyone like when you come I'm up you can't you. like you're not going to go on a pro team and be like hey 
I'm taking I, the back guy yeah, spot. Play, yeah, the, which is where the most experience, sometimes the you know owner of the team or whatever plays on. Yeah, you're not you're not taking that spot. Yeah, so you're like they're like, hey, you can either go to the front or not kick play. rocks. So you're like, all right, I'm running up there. <laughs> yeah, or we'll get the next skinny kid to get get it right in there and get some reps. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, all right, so and we'll get more kind of into the positional stuff. Definitely want to talk to you about that. So. You went from damage, you're, you're on damage, and then what made, was it just you didn't want to go to Florida for all practices again, or, I mean, it, you it, know, like, it's so quite a flight, dude, you know, I mean, you got to go from San Diego all the way across the country, and a lot of kids out there are probably be like, I don't give a shit, I will, I'd do anything, you know? Yeah, you know, I, like, a lot of people say that, but it's like, you start doing it by yourself over and over, and it kind of gets repetitive, you know, so you're just, like, doing the same thing over and over, and uh, the other thing, too, that played a huge factor is, Impact plays all the Europeans, they play all the events. They're going to play everything. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the dudes on that team are in a situation in their life where paintball is everything they do. You know, look at J-Rab. That's all he's doing. Yeah, a lot of professional, like very much in the sense of professional paintball players on impact. I mean, Bart Yakmak's a great owner. It treats a team awesome. I mean, they, you know, get trips places. And I mean, he's a badass owner. You know? I, yeah, I just looked. They came back from World Cup Asia. And then I think they stopped in and they, Hawaii. Well, and they brought their whole team too to World Cup Asia. Because I asked Ryan Greenspan how he did. You know, when they took Dynasty, I think they took like third or fourth or something like that. But I was like, how'd you guys do? And he's like, we have five guys. And we were playing against Impact's World Cup team. You know, <laughs> their whole crew over there. Yeah, so, so I see that and I'm just like super jealous. And I've never been to Europe. So every really? time. Really? I've never been to Europe. What? Because every time when I was playing before I took a break, I was going to school. So I played the PSP and MPPL. Yeah. So it just, it never worked out where that first event, it'd be like PSP, MPPL, and then the first Millennium event. And that's like the finals week of school. So I'd choose to play the other two, and if you don't get on the roster for the first European event, nobody wants you. Yeah. So I always missed out on it. Because they get, yeah, they get locked And so in. last year I missed out on it, and I spent every weekend at Camp Pendleton playing by myself while everyone's over and playing Europe. Yeah. And I'm just like sitting there watching the webcast, just like, man, I'm going to be over there no matter what. Yeah. At all costs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've definitely, I could see that being a huge perk for any team that you decided to play on. I mean, especially now that you've earned the ability to kind of pick or choose the top level teams that you want to play on. Uh, you know, I mean, remember when I had asked Joey Blute for a quote as to why they picked you up, you know, with a team that already has a solid ass roster. And he was like, hey man, when you get a chance to pick up somebody of Rainey's quality of services that he's, you know, you got to jump on that particular. So now that you've earned that over, you know, the years that you've played, I could say, and you've never been to Europe. I, I didn't realize you'd never spent time over there. Cause like in case anybody didn't know, that's, that's kind of like a big, you know, that's a big, it, it, first of all, everyone always, you know, you want to get that college summer trip into Europe or, you know, you want to somehow get over there and experience the old world, you know, and everyone always wants to do that in life in general. So paintball is one of those ways you can find yourself in Europe a lot if you're really good at it. And that was, you know, since the late nineties and I mean, even a little bit before that, but that's when teams started going over there a lot and you hear those stories and you want to get those adventures under your belt. So if you've never had that, I can totally no, see. No, and it's, it's funny too. Cause some people are like, man, yeah, I don't really want to go back to Europe for a while. I'm just like, I'll go, yeah. I'll go. What team are you playing on? Like I even thought about for the Paris event, I wanted to go so bad that I looked up the only teams with the rosters weren't locked was D3. So then I looked up that PSP rank doesn't go over to millennium rank. So I was so contemplating just go and just, sandbag the hell out of. I was like, I'll just drive thirteen hundred dollars and go to Paris and play the event because I want to play it that bad. 
but it just it didn't work out. It was like two weeks before it. And I was like, there's no way you could come on. Any team would have loved to have you. That would have been like a godsend for any team. All of a sudden, you get a random call and it's you. Hey, man, I, I'm going to buy my own ticket. I just need – I want to play. So hook up a spot. I would have been like, thank God we got a ringer for this one. Sweet. Yeah, so I was very close to be doing that for this last one. Yeah. So, uh, but that's going to be cool. So you're finally going to get some, and, and the impact guys are really fun to hang out with. Yeah. yeah. As long as the Akmaks aren't punching each other in the face. <laughs> <laughs> they get, they get a little, they're Canadian, you know, I've so actually, they get a little, little testy just with each other. It seems like they're the nicest guys in the world, I was in, <laughs> but to each other, sometimes they're so mean to each other. Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen that, but I have seen them get a little crazy. I think it was Vegas about a year ago when I hurt my knee. I think Bart almost got thrown out of the hotel. Because he was associated with everyone. And I think somebody threw a full bottle off some sort of hotel. <laughs> Something happened, and I remember the cops were there, and I was like, I'm gonna go walk over this direction. I'm not with them. Yeah, so you're gonna get your, your fun, crazy European stories. That's great, man. Well, so so was that kind of I mean, was it just the whole impact kind of thing? I mean, you know, that it's it's I mean, hell, dude. They took second at the last two events. The team is looking really good for next year. Picking you up is gonna be uh, you know, one more giant uh you know shield of armor and big weapon that they're gonna get i mean because the core of the team you know the canadian guys are awesome and have been getting better every year they already were great so you know to see them play as well as they've been playing recently and then of course they have some of the best free agents in the game on their team um so yeah i mean it's it could be a really good year for you guys i mean the league's looking it's been kind of a relatively quiet off season so far. Um, not too crazy, but other than the three Russians leaving to go to, to our chaos, and our chaos is officially now going to be moving in. Um, but they have to start in the challengers division, and so so basically they're not there for the first event. Yeah, so they'll be up there. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's kind of interesting too because there's a decent chance we'll have to see how, how the rankings all end up, but or how the schedule is going to end up with the rankings. But um, is there's a decent chance that the uh, Moscow Red Legion, because they got bumped down to the Challengers division at Cup, that they could play Art Chaos in that first event. So that could be interesting. Yeah, that'll definitely be a grudge match. Yeah. They'll want to keep each other down. Yeah, totally. So, but uh, how, what are your thoughts on the, on your, the year next year, 2014? You know, if I, I'm, I'm waiting for like that first month of January when things really get crazy. Yeah. Because normally paintball moves don't happen until, you know, December-ish, maybe January, but... You know, through the last few years, it's been getting closer and closer and closer to World Cup where moves are being made. Yeah. So there's there's a couple moves I heard out there that I'm not going to say, but I heard some names are going here or there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's, I mean, you know, who's, who is he going to pick up to replace the guys that they lost? I mean, they could, honestly, if even if... I mean, the guys they have on the roster still are really good. I mean, you know, Woodley was getting a lot better, too, uh, more consistent as things progress. He's a tough son of a bitch. That him with his dislocated shoulder. I saw that. I, I was that? watching that, and he's just sitting there, not wanting to give up. And he, you could just tell he's like, "I, I want to pop my arm back in, but I don't want to get shot. I don't want to lean back and get shot." And I'm just like, I'd have just been like, "I'm out. Pull, drag me off. <laughs> Let me get the medics. Pull me off this field." Yeah, it was tough as hell, man. I'm not, I mean, I never quite. I mean, I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a decent amount of shoulder dislocations mid-game. That's actually a relatively common injury out there. Um, not super common, it's not like it's happening in every event, but, uh, you know, I mean, if guys die of 
over and over and over and over again for years. And uh, I mean, your shoulder starts to go a little bit, just tweak it a little bit. You're trying to dodge a stream of paint and dive a little bit wrong, it can pop out. And sure enough, his popped completely out, which, and that's something, it's been a reoccurring problem for him and he guess he's gonna get fixed in the off season. But still, I mean, I don't care if that's a reoccurring problem. Normally, shoulders, if, even if you have it, it's in and out, you know, or you have the ability to pause for a sec, put it back in, and then you're good to go. But he sat there for like two and a half minutes with his shoulder out of joint, refusing to get called out. You know, the referee came over, and you could see the ref like asking, like, kind of, hey, man, you all right? You're like, get away from me, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that must have felt great. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, he said it sucked too, because like, um, from the pit, he the rest of the Heat players couldn't see what, what had happened to him. And so they were like in the pit, like, what's what's LJ doing back there? He's not even shooting his gun or anything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? My arm fell out of his yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. Here oh, you go. Mine, uh, damn, Let me got that gun from you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, Heat could... I mean, they could run with the guys they have. I mean, Sloviak did really good in the points that he played, so he could take um, Sergei's spot. And uh, and then I mean it's, it's almost I mean it's hard to you can't really replace somebody like a Konstantin Fedorov or a Mishka you know but yeah. um, but help man Chad Chad George and uh, and Dizon who had looked really good till he got hurt you know I mean who who knows how good Dizon's gonna be next year I mean if everybody sticks around that team and then also to me that would be an opportunity to prove to the world hey it wasn't just the three Russian stars that was that was the core of Houston Heat you know like which is. I mean, obviously, the team's really good, okay? They got a lot of players. They did really well. They won four tournaments out of 10 that they played. That's amazing. But you'd be a fool not to sit there and look at the, at least look at the stats and look at what actually happened out on that field and tell me that there wasn't a, a gigantic role played by Sergey, uh, yeah. yeah, by Sergey Fedorov and Mishka, you know? I mean, those guys carry a lot of that team, but I wouldn't be surprised if the dudes that are on the team still come out and play harder and better, you know, like... Nothing more motivates you than when a whole bunch of guys leave and they say, hey, you're not going to be anything now. Right. And they're just going to be like damaged last year when they lost, you know, Rabikoff and Dave Baines. And then I guess Mouse, they were working super hard in the offseason. And they're like, just watch. We're not – our core is still real good. Yeah. Our group and, is real And those good. are huge names, huge – not just names. I mean, those are, those, those are guys that are legitly amazing at this sport. So to lose all three of those guys – but still win a tournament the next year. Now, of course, Damage was winning tournaments without those guys before, So, but it still sent a statement to the world, and that's the opportunity that is there for Heat. I mean, they have, you know, they got deep pockets, they got a great owner, they have good support, and now if I was on that team and those guys left, I'd be like, now's my time to shine. You know, I mean, we've already been shining collectively, but, you know, let's put all the bullshit aside, I want the opportunity to prove to the world that I'm just as good as those guys. And you get that opportunity every single event. You know, you, it's all up to you. Exactly. So no one controls who shoots who out there, uh, you know, regardless of any of the situation. It doesn't matter how the refing's going or anything. I mean, still, at the end of the day, really, it's, it's a personal quest to try to go out there and be, you know, as badass as you possibly can. Yeah. That's what I love about now, too. You have the stats. There's like... You can't have a lot of politics. Like back in the day, you could have a lot of politics. Like this guy's my buddy, this guy's my buddy. But then you just kind of look and go, "There's stats right there." Yeah, that support mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, and you can you can argue, you know, well, maybe this stat should be worth this or that. But it's like, well, you played this many points, you shot this many guys, you were alive for this amount of time, you know, you got this many penalties, you know, like you can't get around some of those numbers, man. And 
Well, and I just think it's and things are going to evolve over time, and but it, it's it's super important for the sport to have those objective measures of greatness instead of it just being kind of like a, what did you see that guy do type thing? Because before that's what it was. It was know? one move. It was like I always used to say, like you only need to have two good points. First point and the last point. Nobody remembers anything else. In the <laughs> if you go out to a tryout and you play really good the first point and then the last point you win a one-on-one, they're like, man, that's all that's in their head. You win the first point, you win the last point. Yeah. But now you go, go back to the webcast and you look at it and you're like, wow, he screwed up there. He screwed up there. He only had two, two good points. It's a, it's a lot different now. <laughs> yeah, and then it went from being like, he's a beast out there. to like, ah, he's a little inconsistent, you know. But uh, so what What keeps you still playing? I mean, obviously, it's going to be cool to go to Europe and have a shot to play on another big team. But, I mean, you did walk away from the game for a while. You've been doing this for a long time. I mean, how long have you been playing now for? Uh, wow. I think the first... Well, how old are you now? I'm 27. 27? 27, 27 September. But I don't feel like 27. I feel like 25 in paintball world because mm -hmm. I took two years off. So now it's different. Like, before, I'd always, like, the paintball season would end, and i kind of be like, uh... I don't know if I'm going to play next year. I don't know about this. But now it's like, since I took those two years off, I'm like, I don't want to miss a day of paintball. Super motivated. Yeah, like I feel I feel like I missed out on a lot in those two years. You know, when, when I was going to school, I'd still think about paintball every single day. So I'm like, I'm, when I come back, I'm like, I'm giving it everything I got. Yeah. Well, and also it, it, you're kind of on an interesting different chapter of your paintball career because... You know, there's always going to be those critics out there be like, oh, Rainey's just going wherever the biggest paycheck is. He's going to impact because they got fat pockets and, you know, going to try to ride the coattails of these guys after they took seconds already and, you know, that sort of thing. But at the same time, um, you know, I think that this is you, – you'd be a really good person to talk to about this because there is that age-old argument in paintball. It's, and and it's, it's a little bit more cut and dried for you because you've been – You've already proven your guy, you know, you've been a loyal member of a team that came up the ranks and, you know, you didn't go anywhere for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, you already kind of cut your, earned your stripes that way. So now, I mean, you are a pro paintball player and you, a lot of your guys play for different teams now, you know? So it's like the original homies have all gone on. To They're all on, like, you look at all the guys, it's like Dalton's on Dynasty, Bobby's on Infamous, you know, Mouse and Marcel are on Iron Man, Scott Kemp's on X Factor. So we're just, we're everywhere. And a lot of the guys don't play anymore that used to play on that whole core group. Yeah. So now, now I look at it as like, you know, my dream as a kid was to live and just play paintball. So now I have the opportunity to live my dream. And it's like for all the dreamers out there, it's like, hey, I'm living the dream. I'm, yeah. I'm setting the path. Like if you want your dream to come true, then you, sometimes you just got to make the hard decision and just, you know, worry about yourself. Yeah. Well, another thing, I mean, well, what do you, I mean, at what point, how, talk to me a little bit more about that. I mean, when did you feel the loyalty to the guys? I mean, was there, well, like, was that a draw? I mean, that, cause that's always, I mean, we've all been th through that before, you know? Um, but I, because that's a really big question. A lot of times, a lot of these younger guys don't know when to jump ship, don't know when to stay. And I'll get that a lot. You know, guys will hit me up and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm on this team and this is the situation and. You know, and, and it, there is a lot of gray area there. It's not necessarily black and white, but, you know, they, and, and, and I think that, you know, people, and I'm just, I was bringing up those people because, you know, you know how people are. I mean, you're going to have people that say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Um, but at the same time, I think that you're an interesting person to have this conversation with because that is a big part of the game. Paintball is a lot of tribalism, you know? I mean, you're, and then even then you have, you know, even like X Factor, you know, like X Factor came up the ranks with their core group of dudes. They won tournament, they won a couple tournaments, and then they lost some dudes, you know? And Archie went to Dynasty and, you know, um, and, uh, 
uh, Devin went to Dynasty, and um, and then they then they brought the band back together. Some dudes didn't like. Uh, I think Dixon, Dixon stopped playing for a yeah, while. He took back. time off. Then he came back. So they got the band back together, and they ended up winning the World Cup with the original guys. Great story. But that's not how it always goes for everybody. You know, I no. mean, like for like you said, your your homies are all all, all on different teams. And it was kind of different too, because like I came back into paintball, like you know I was playing poker and I needed to fill this void when I graduated school and I was like, do I get a job? And I started playing paintball just at the, like the lower divisional level. Yeah. And then the Ironman guys was like Ryan Martin, LJ and a couple of them were like, come play on our team, come play on our team. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to play pro. I'm like come play on our team. And like, I went out there and played with them for a couple weekends. I was like, damn, it's fun playing with all these dudes. So I was like, all right, I'm in. And you know, I think like that whole season we put in a lot of work together. Like it was a core group of us at Camp Pendleton when we didn't need to be there working with each other. So I was like, I felt loyalty towards those dudes. And then then the season, everyone kind of was just like, boom, 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 boom. Went here, 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 there. So then when I came to the Ironman, the following season, went out to those practices, I was kind of like having the expectation of it being that same team. Yeah. But in reality, we're starting new. Whether it's bad or good, it was just like, we're starting new. So I was like, all right, this gave me the opportunity to start new somewhere else. And I played with damage in the 2012 season in a different league. So going into the 2013 season, I was like, I could play with this, you know, new team, starting a new phase, or go to this other team that I played a couple tournaments with. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision to jump the floor, uh, to Tampa Bay Damage. And, you know, the quit the quit that team was, it was kind of challenging just because, I, I, you know, like, it's a core group of dudes, and they let me into their clique. So I felt bad, you know, kind of just being like, all right, I played one year, later, guys. Yeah. Just kind of bailed on it, and, you know, I feel privileged to play for you know that Florida, that strange group of guys, and which is another one of those teams that came up the ranks with these core dudes. Super like tribalism. Yeah, very tribalism for sure. I mean, and they've definitely imported some names over the years to try to stay as relevant as they can in the pro pitcher, and you can't fault them for that at all. I mean, there's still room. There was always room on the roster for those guys to f- try to fit in with that core group of guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, and they've made an incredibly good run. There still are, I mean, you know, like I said, they won a tournament last time and they have a lot of those core guys still playing. So, um, but that's kind of seemed to be like, they got their core and as long as they have that core that sticks together is, I mean, they, I don't really see them ever coming from being one of the top four teams no. just because th- that core is so strong. So r- whatever, you know, insert other paintball star here into that roster, they're probably still going to be real solid. They have a good formula. They have a formula for success. Yeah. So, you know, if they change one little variable, it's still going to come out, you know, with success. Yeah. Well, what, what advice would you give to kids, though, then? I mean, well, it's funny. Right? Some kids are like, I want to be pro. And I was like, why do you want to be pro? Like, well, I get this. I get to travel here. Like, they're like, I always hear, like, I'll get this. I get this for free. It's like, yeah. play pro because you want to play pro, because you love paintball, because you want to be great. You want to be great just so you could walk around maybe a little bit taller than other people on certain days. Don't be pro just because you're going to get something out of it. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Like, you look at some of the pro, like, sports athletes, and they're like, you know, some of them, they go for the contract, and they get that one big contract, and then after it, they're done. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to be that guy like Tom Brady that's doesn't matter how much he's getting paid. He's, he's screaming and swearing at the refs no matter what. He's like, I'm going to give it everything I got. Yeah. So that's, tell, like, that's what I want to say to those kids, you know. Don't be in it for the, you know, the little things. Be in it because you love the game. Yeah, and it, it, it's there. Well, I mean, in order for you to be successful, that's something. It's interesting because I was watching a uh, one of the UFC uh, primetime specials, and it was on the run up to the GSP Nate Diaz fight. And uh, and Nate Diaz is, you know, he's a very interesting guy. 
And, uh, and he said something that kind of really struck a chord with me. And he was getting interviewed and, and he said that, you know, he said, if you don't do this, if you don't push yourself so hard that you hate it, then you're never going to love it. And I mean, again, this, this quote's kind of interesting because when you look at it at face value, if you just look at the quote, it could be like another one of those Nate Diaz-isms that doesn't really make a ton of sense. But if you read a little bit deeper into what the he's actually trying to say to you, it makes so much sense. And anyone that's put so much effort in this, put enough effort into something to cultivate the talent that you naturally possess to become amazing at it, that's a lot of work. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what you're trying to do. The principle holds the same across disciplines. It doesn't matter. But he said, he's like, if you don't push yourself so hard that you hate it, then you'll never love it. Because you have to put yourself into that situation. You have to work so hard that you hate it in order to reach that level of love, you know? No, I, I believe that. And it's interesting because it, it, it's, and, and it was just something that, you know, paintball is supposed to be fun, but anyone that's played competitively, and it's funny because you're over there shaking your head, but it's anyone that's, it, it, but it's that you get, but that's the thing. And I know you're shaking your head and smiling right now because you know what I'm talking about, yeah. but it's like, you're going to go to Europe next year. You're playing for impact next year, but you've put thousands of hours into playing this game. And I can promise you, and I, I guarantee you that not all those thousand hours oh, was pure tr joy out trust there. Trust me. There's a lot of weekends where I was at, I mean... I'd go out to Florida twice before every event, but I played every single weekend this year. So a lot of the weekends were me going solo out to Camp Pendleton with nobody to play with, just doing drills by myself. Every single weekend, Saturday, Sunday, just drills, running, shooting drills, whatever it was. So, and the, those aren't fun, but it's like, it's accomplishing something. Yeah. It's hopefully making the other weekends when I do go out there a lot more fun. But yeah, it was like, do I go play paintball today? Do I really want to wake up? I'm like, I have to. Hey, there's nothing else. I, I got to wake up and do yeah, this. And there's a ton of other things you could be doing. You could be playing poker. You could be out doing one of a multitude of different things. You may, maybe you got a hot chick in your bed. Who knows? You Poker's know, the same thing, though, too. You get to a point where you hate it. You're like, I, I'm never playing this game again. I'm not playing it. You know, you spend all day playing it. And then two days later, you spend four days in a row playing just nonstop. And it's, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like you got to put in that hard work. And you, you may hate it for some times. You may have those lows and highs. But... You just got to keep doing it if you want to be successful in it. Yeah, I mean, well, and dude, anyone that's ever seen the look of pure joy on somebody's face when they've won a tournament or say X Factor when they won that world championship, you know, like Archie put a, a, a picture on Instagram the other day um, and then erased it and then put it back up because he's like, I had to repost this. I'm an idiot on Instagram. I yeah, don't know how this I thing works. Yeah. yeah, but it's him and he's literally like every muscle in his body is like clenched and his eyes are at the sky and he's just screaming you know, like this primal howl of joy, you know, just like release that, like just basically taking that gigantic monkey that's been on his back and his whole team's back for this long, like finally able to get rid of that demon. That's impressive, dude, you know, and anyone that's been there knows what that feels like. So that's that love, you know, it, and it's the experience itself that kind of transcends the work that transcends the, you know, the hours of the mundane repetition. But if you're not willing, like Diaz said, you know, if you're not willing to push yourself so hard that you hate it, you're never going to find the true love for it, you know? But that's, and this is, now look, you can just go play a day of paintball and maybe you stumble across this podcast and you're listening to it. And, you know, yeah, there's obviously a lot of innate joy in just the game. But if you've taken the challenge upon yourself to really try to get super good at it and then also elevate the people around you good enough to go out and play against other people who want to take your head off, the drop of a hat and beat those people, take their dream away from them and, you know, steal their shine. That's hard. That's, that's a hard thing to do, but there's, but, but that's why paintball, probably poker is a good metaphor for life itself because 
you have to work hard to achieve, achieve the things that you want. Yeah, it's like, it's, what is it saying? It's like, hard work beats talent any day of the week. Yeah, well, the, the quote, because I've heard that quote, I've seen a lot of times, and LJ has put it up on his Instagram, Justice yeah, he's Wars. he's all about that. He's all about that. But the quote, to me, if you don't say it the right way, it loses its meaning a little bit. The quote goes, uh, hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard yeah and that's the right. thing because you have a choice every day, every saturday that you get up in the morning you have a choice you don't have to go play paintball you do not have to do that you can go do anything you want with your life it's your damn life do whatever the hell you want with it but you make that conscious decision to go sharpen your sword out there so that when the webcast comes and the event comes and you're playing against these other amazing you know paintball guys that want to kill you you know that we're up there talking about how awesome you are instead of, oh, I don't know, Randy doesn't look like he's on his game today. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, that's kind of like, it's funny too, because like the end of the last year, I, I took three months off before I picked up a paintball gun. So I went into that first Dallas event, just rusty, kind of bummed me, and I, I was almost embarrassed for like how I played. I was like, oh my God, like really, this is, this is what I'm doing, and I put this much effort in, and I got this much out, you know, like I put no effort in, I got these results. So that's like, after that event, I was like, no. I'm going to do whatever it takes, spend every single day getting ready for the next tournament and putting that effort in. So, yeah, taking two seconds in a row, that felt great. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing with two seconds, though, is that it was always, you want to talk about double-edged swords, man. I remember when I was on Excessive, we took five second places in a row. Five in a row, dude. That was torturous because you'd come home and you're, oh, second place? Oh, congratulations. Good yeah. job. That is so awesome. And you're just like, and you want to be a dick. So you're like, oh, thanks. But in your head, you're just like, you're thinking of everything that went wrong and everything that could have went the opposite way. You know, shit, if I hadn't got shot out of that bunker or so-and-so hadn't died, if we had done this game plan better, blah, 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 blah. And there's, because you're so close, you know? And uh, and it's it's just one of those things. But it, that's, you know, that's part of the, the magic of the effort. You know, I mean, I think that, in today's day and age, you know, human beings are so sheltered away from, you know, I mean, yeah, and we twist our minds up to think that, like, oh, so much traffic. Dude, you're still in a car with air conditioning and a stereo. Yeah, right. You might even have an iPod with 5,000 songs I mean, on how, it. How often do you just sit and just jam tunes? It's like the yeah. same thing. You just got to be like, I'm just jamming tunes right now. Yeah, and so that and that's and that's the magic of the effort, you know? So it's like we have, you know, we have these amazing homes to shield ourselves from the elements, and there's all this cushiness that's surrounded with modern life. So a lot of kids, and I'm, I'm sure you met a lot of these too, but meet a lot of weak-ass kids that come up, you know, that don't, and that, but that's why paintball is awesome because paintball will break you down. Paintball will, you know, expose your true self. It will make you take a deep look at yourself and be like, I lost that game. I made the mistake. I mean, it, it's hard for you to come back and be like, like, how do you think you play? And you're like, I suck. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you can blame it on somebody else. That's the thing. It gives you the opportunity to reveal your true I, self. I can't understand that. I hear so many people, oh man, this ref did this or the ref did that or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't listen to people complain about how they lost when I go play poker and I don't I don't ever come back from a tournament and make, man, I took the worst speed. Oh my God. It's like, you got to go back and like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Mm -hmm. You know, there's only so much you can control. And in paintball, you can control pretty much everything. So when somebody comes back and goes, man, I lost because... The ref made a bad call. It's like, maybe the call didn't go your way, but you put yourself in that situation. Yeah. You put yourself in a bad spot where you got shot off the brake two times in a row and you were having a good point and you got pulled on rub. Like, or anytime anyone ever uses that excuse, oh, we got screwed by the rest. Um, and we would always say this. I'm sure you guys have said this to yourselves too because it's a paintball cliche at tournaments. But, you know, anytime you're in a situation where the ref screws you, regardless, man, well, you your team shouldn't have put yourself in the position that one call 
was going to dictate the outcome of the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, it shouldn't have been that close then. You know, you should have. You know, if it was five to two, it, you and you got screwed once, that's not really going to play a factor in your overall success or failure in that particular game. You know, and, and that, but that's another thing too. Things don't always go your way. You know, so like it was, we're we're watching, we're you know, just cutting extra segments and doing the stuff we do over here at PBA, and so it's like. Um, we were watching a point from, uh, so we had this camera that's like slows everything down really, really, really like, you know, so you can see everything in super slow-mo and we're watching some of the points from that final game. And there was a point where I can't remember who it was on X factor, but he wheels his gun around at the start and blazes a stream, you know, stream off the break and he gets bounced like a direct drive bounce, like hit some solid centered mass chest bounces off and you can see it come in and then bounce off and then you can see them you know because it's all this is this is slowed down yeah you know, multiple frames a second you know like tons so uh but then you can see it, he you know finishes his stream and then starts to at the you know the slow-mo like run out to his bunker and looks and you can almost see the breath of fresh air <laughs> it's like oh. oh thank god that bounce because if it didn't bounce it was probably gonna be a penalty yeah, yeah. Right. you know so i mean but think it's but that's again paintball metaphor for life, man. You know things don't always go your way. How well you do is ninety nine point nine percent directly affected by how much effort you put in. Yeah. You know. So and then people don't think about too, like when they like, oh, I got screwed by that call. It's like think of all the calls that you got your way up to that point. It's like when I play poker, I'm like, oh man, I got ba- took a bad beat, but it's like I put about six or seven bad beats on people. So you know what? I I'm lucky to even be in this spot right now. Yeah. Is there? Do you find direct correlations with paintball and poker? Oh, 100%. I, 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 know, like I was I'm, talking with LJ once, and we were like doing situational drills on the Ironman last year, or two years ago now, I guess. And I was like, LJ, just, you should have just got him ran the guy. He's like, why? I'm like, well, like most likely you'll just trade out. You know, a good percentage of time you'll trade out. Another percentage of time you'll trade out, and I'll shoot the dude. Another time you'll shoot the dude and shoot the next dude and just keep going. And I'm like, maybe 10% of the time you get shot before you do them. So the risk is worth the reward. And he's like, is that how you think? I'm like, I guess. I mean, like, <laughs> like sometimes like you're in a situation and it's like in poker or paintball and it's like you're down points or you're, you have a small stack and you are forced to do one thing and that's attack. Play aggressive. Just push your chips in. Just wheel and deal. You know, and like you kind of have to do the same thing. It's like if you have a big stack, you can kind of make more methodical decisions. If you're up points... You don't have to force the issue. You can kind of just lay back. You still want to attack. You still want to try and, you know, play aggressive. But you don't need to just just gunfight lawlessly with Archie. You can just be like, eh, you have to get out to the snake. So I'm just going to sit there and wait on you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same thing in poker in a sense. Yeah, there is a lot of strategy there. It, what, well, what is it about paintball yourself and your words that keeps you around you know other than the cool perks obviously of making some money at the game and, and I, I, love, I love winning but what get you, what got you to this point you know i mean obviously yeah. yeah you earned the right to get a paycheck from impact you obviously earned the right to go to europe and go on crazy adventures now and this sort of stuff but it took you you know it a took, long it took ass a time to and get it was there funny when i started playing paintball i didn't play paintball because i enjoyed it i played paintball because all my friends would go play paintball so they all would go play paintball and i was like well i want to hang out with my friends but so I have to go play. And I'm like, I was a skinny, skinny kid, still am. And we'd be going out there to the field and they're all sleeping at six in the morning. And I'm sitting in the car going, oh my God, how do I get out of this? <laughs> what do I got to do to get out of this? I'm like, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt so bad. Because the first time I played, I got shot in the wrist and it didn't hurt. So I was like, oh, that doesn't even hurt. Next game, just charge up the field. So that, so the first time you ever went and played, you were sitting in the car at 6 a.m. Like, well, it was maybe God, like a how, second or how do I get out of this? But the next about good 50 or 60 times I went and played, it was like, 
oh, look, my gun broke. Oh, I got to get a fix. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, go out there and play. I'll be out there in a little bit. <laughs> but then at some point, they quit. And I was just like, I don't know. I just like, I think I wanted to prove to myself that I could be good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I proved to the, you know, we, we all went to the Bushwhackers and they all quit. And, you know, I was kind of with him and him and like, what are you going to do? And I was like, who'd you start with then? I, I started playing with my friends and we met a guy named, uh, we called him Shaf. His name is Jamerson Azell, and he plays on Top Gun now. Um, he was a one grade older than us in high school. So we met him, and he was like the last of like sitting ducks, like Rusty Glaze and Gator Glaze. Jamie Ezel was on the he, sitting ducks? He was like, I wouldn't really call it sitting ducks at the time, but all the sitting duck guys left, and like he was the last guy there that was able to get us like $10 bags of paint and entry fee into the field for free. So we met him, and then we all kind of played with each other, and then we jumped on some local team called Mountain View Paintball, and, and then we all went to the Bushwhackers, and then they all quit. And so I was kind of like... Is that when you were like, all right, well, I'm going to keep doing this? Yeah, Some sort of spark kinda, ignited something in there? And yeah, I met all those guys on the Bushwhackers, and I was like, something was like, I don't just want to quit because they quit. I don't want to just follow them because they did this. I'm like, I want to be good at this. I don't know. Just something was like... I don't think I'd really been too motivated about too many things at that point. And paintball like really motivated me to be really good at it. So I just, just was like, all right, every Saturday and Sunday I'd go out and play, and my friends would just go mess around and get in, you know, into trouble. Had you ever, yeah, Fable's definitely caught, say, say kept a least. lot of people out of trouble, gotten some people into trouble, but, uh, but it's, it is kind of one of those, it's, it's a, like, a, it's, it has its own force of gravity. It's like a, it's like a crash course on life. It teaches you like how to, like how to get what you want to get. You got to put in hard work. You can't just like, oh, just show up and play. Like when you're first starting off, you have to convince your parents that either help you out. Art of negotiation. Yeah. Or you have to go work at the paintball field on Saturday to make Sunday. So I was like, all right, if, like, if you get this good grades, we'll help you out with paintball. So that's what was my motivation throughout the week. Do good in school, get to play paintball. So it teaches you about that. It teaches you like how to get along and work with everyone. So it's like paintball is a crash course on life. Were you, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent, man. You know, it's, it, it, I remember sitting down with uh, Alex Lundquist's mother. We were in Sweden at the time, kind of just traveling around during the summer teaching clinics and, you know, just on one of those paintball adventures. And we were stoked because we were in the west coast of Sweden at this little beach town. And uh, and the, his family has a, uh, a house there that they go to in the summer. It was like his grandma's house or something. It's like a little quaint little house. It's got this backyard. So we're sitting out there and I'm having, and, you know, Sweden, in case people don't know, is a very liberal society. It's very peaceful. It's very liberal. Uh, and... They, you know, frown upon violence mostly. Um, they're they're really just nice human beings, man. If anyone's been up there at Scandinavia, you probably could second what I'm trying to say. But uh, so, um, so we're sitting there having a conversation about paintball randomly, and and you know, Alex was talking about it, and his you know dad's a dentist, and his mom's incredibly good looking. In fact, she's seventy years old or whatever, and. But anyway, so she, they're, you know, this really nice, peaceful, completely civilized and one of the most civilized countries on planet Earth. And the mom was, she had said to me, just, she went, no, like, introduction to this outright. She's like, I think every young boy should be forced to play paintball. Every one of them. And I was like, really? Why is that? And she said, well, because I think that it, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said something like, you know, I think it, it, it exercises a, a certain demon that all young boys have in them. And I think that that demon needs to be exercised or they go do 
bad things. So yeah. it gives them focus. And at least that's what she's like, that's what I've seen. And I was like, that's really interesting. You know, and I thought, I thought a lot about that over the years. Um, but like you're saying, it's like kind of like this metaphor for life, you know, and it, cause it, it, it embraces everybody embraces the, you know, the, the jock in, that used to be a jock in high school played football, like Dave Williamson. Like he was a kick-ass high school football player, almost went to go play in college at a tiny size. He didn't get big. Now he's 215 pounds, but at the time he was 155, but he was just a really intense sports guy. So it, it, you know, guys like that love paintball. Then it also, those outcast kids that weren't really good at traditional sports also kind of like paintball. Then the military guys like paintball, the gun nuts like paintball. Like it kind of has this, you know, like again, it has its own gravity, dude, that like sucks you in. Were you good at other, I mean, did you kind of- I played, I played sports from when I was like four or five. I played soccer, I played baseball, I played baseball all the way up to high school. And like, I was basically gonna play on the high school team. And then I realized I didn't really want to play it every single day and didn't, you know, stop playing there. And that's kind of when I started pick, picked up paintball and started playing paintball all the time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's funny too. Cause like a lot of kids, like their parents want them to play sports. So they force them to play soccer and they're out there just like, oh, I don't want to be here doing this. <laughs> but it's like, if you take them to play paintball, they're going to love it. Their adrenaline's going to get going and they're, they're going to be hooked on it. And they don't realize that they're, you know, doing a productive sport. Their parents kind of sometimes look at it and be like, you're getting shot with what? Yeah. Wait, what are you doing? Yeah, it's. I think you have to look past. It's. It, you have to have the ability to look past that initial like playing. And some of paintball is playing war. I mean, let's not discount the fun of just going and playing. You know, cowboys and Indians or Germans and al- what our allies and and yeah, Axis right? or whatever the hell you played when you were a kid. Everybody did it. I did it. Everyone did it. Yeah, right. You know? I mean, God, I've already split all those games. I love playing those games. Yeah, I love playing those games. Turn a cane to a shotgun. You know, whatever. Like you just played guns. We had a game. My cousin had a huge house. There's like a huge house with a whole bunch of phones like this, like intercom phones. And we play a game where one cousin would go in the house, whatever end of it was, pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm here. And it would show up on our phone where he's at. So we would, he'd put the phone down and we had to track him down and just book it through the house, throughout wherever it was and just try and chase him down. And if we couldn't get to him, he'd go to another intercom phone. And we'd play this at night with flashlights, chasing each other around. And I missed that game. It was fun. Yeah, we played this. I played this one game at sixth grade camp that I'll never forget because I won the thing, and it was. And I was like uh, younger in school, so I was like a. I went into kindergarten at four instead of five, so I was always like smaller and younger than everybody. And um, so I go to sixth grade camp, and uh, uh, played a game called. Oh, what was the name of the game? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like basically the game was, uh, and one of the the counselors would sit on a ladder with a flashlight. And it was at dark of night, you know, so that was cool just to be in sixth, you know, sixth grade and you're out playing this game in the middle of the night. And so the, the uh, dude sat on the ladder with a flashlight and anytime he saw someone, he'd shoot you with the flashlight. So if you got spotlighted, you're out and you had to go back to the base and start all over again. And the point of the game was to run up and touch the ladder without him spotlighting you. And if you could touch the ladder without him spotlighting you, you won the game. And so he had, the ladder was in the kind of like on the side of this really open field and there was like some woods kind of by it and, and, uh, by this like little hill. And so, and I do remember like it was yesterday, I'm like crawling around on this thing, like completely (coughs) determined to figure out a way to get to that ladder before I got spotlighted. And, and I realized that when he shot somebody, you know, like with the light, that that created a momentary distraction. So I got as close as I possibly could, like, so I could get, you know, a good, distance run to get out and grab the ladder the next time he got someone that was out in the field like why would you go in the open field yeah right you know but sure enough some of the kids thought that was the way to go so i just waited for him and 
he spotlighted the dude and I ran up and grabbed the ladder and, and, and he turns around and I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> and he was like, and everyone, I was like the hero of the day, dude. Like, cause no one had won. We'd been playing the game for like two hours, you know? Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is sweet. Sneak around. It's kind of fun. That's funny. Cause Iron, Iron Man used to play a game called uh, Killer. You ever play that game? Is that the game where you go through the different questions and the, how does it go? Basically, it's like kind of like heads up, seven up. So Paxton's usually the narrator. So you have one guy's yeah, the narrator. One guy's like the storyteller. He's like, all right, everyone put their heads down, put your heads down. And so there's like 10 or 12 of us. And he goes around and he touches two people. And those two people are the killers. So he goes, all right, killers awake. And the killers wake up and they point the two people they want to be killed. Mm-hmm. And then the killers put their heads down and he goes, all right, everyone wake, everyone wake. And everyone looks around. They kind of, you know, try and BS with each other who they think the killer is. But everyone at that point has to decide who they're going to save. So like, so like a killer can be like, save me, save me, or somebody like, save me. So we all vote to save one person. Paxton goes, okay, well, Maddie didn't need saving, but Rainy did. <laughs> you're dead. And then he'll go to the next person. <laughs> you're dead. And then the, the next round is, who do you think the killer is? So everyone votes on who the killer is. And then he'll be like, nope, he's not the killer. All right, heads back down. And then the killers keep doing that. And you get to a point in the game where there's like, it's basically one person you know is not the killer because everyone voted him as killer, and then there's two dudes you don't know. So that one dude has to make the decision whether he thinks he's the killer or he's the killer. So it's just a straight mind game battle against each other. Yeah, and that it sounds awesome. It's like it's kind of dumb, but it's it's so much fun. But that's that's one of those things that you like on the road when you're on the road with the team, which I think is another cool thing about it is that you have to deal with all these different people and you're all hanging out together and kind of learn a lot about each other, which is why everyone always is you know you hear all these guys will just it's funny, you know, there's, everyone's super corny about, like, their team. Like, oh, one team, hashtag family, hashtag team. <laughs> yeah. But people, and from the outside, you might look at that and think, oh, that's corny. But if you've ever been on a team and spent all that time traveling, spent time in the airports, the hotels, I mean, there's not, you know, it's not like you're out causing raising hell everywhere you go. You're so either so tired from the travel or from playing and you're not, you know, it's, it's, and there's a regiment there, you know. you got to be at the field at a certain time. So you end up doing these, playing these games all the time or whatever and we used to play when i was on the ironman we used to play wiffle ball all the time in the parking lot it would be old guys versus young guys and uh that was always fun but yeah those are i mean that's that's kind of the thing that like when i flew out to florida i mean i'm flying by myself i go to a hotel i go to the paintball field sleep paintball field back home so i kind of missed a lot of that last year it seemed like so that was kind of one of those things where i was like i kind of want to be on a team where we're all you know you know doing the same thing and was traveling the same areas yeah and with impact I mean, are you going to – have you guys talked about the practice schedule? I mean, because Impact travels a lot for they practice. They do. They, they flew out to Florida twice. I know that – I heard recently they just flew out to Omaha maybe to play Vicious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I know they play at Dave's Field a lot, so that's nothing flight for me. And I think they're going to play at Camp – I think they play at Camp Pendleton at least once or twice. Yeah. But if they play at Camp Pendleton once, that's one time where one I get time. to sleep in my bed. And you're going to rack up the freaking flyer miles this oh, year. Oh, man, yeah. I got – I definitely got a lot of miles last year. And I'm definitely going to get a lot this, this year, too. When did you... I'm, just, I'm always curious about this. When did you kind of realize... You know, you're telling me your early paintball story, and every time you hear... Everyone's always got a little bit of a different story. Um, when did you realize you were good at it? Because you weren't one of those golden children that came out of... I mean, you through hard work and perseverance, you finally got noticed. And now, you know, like we talked about on the opening of the show, I mean, you're one of the best guys in your position, you know? Or you wouldn't be getting these opportunities. No one gets on impact now unless you're amazing in your position, right? But when did you really kind of realize that, man, I'm really good at this. This is something that I'm actually really good at. Oh, man, I don't know. Because I'd always, like, I think you always have self-doubts. 
But you probably think, still do. I Everyone think, has think, to do. I with think that. there's those times where, like, I think even on the Bushwhackers, like when I would have games that I really wanted to win. Like I specifically remember a game we were playing against all the HK guys, and we didn't need to win to make it on, and they did. And I used to think they were like the best paintball players, and I I ran down the field and shot every single one of them. And it was like I remember I thinking I was like if I want something really bad that's when I succeed. It's when like that it comes down to me not them. So I think right there and then because then like throughout the day like throughout the years it'd be like some matches I kind of like eh, and then when I really wanted is when I'd win. So I I think it was maybe right around then when I felt like I was like I'm as good as I want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like even like we played I think the big tournament I won my first big tournament I won was 2008 with Aftermath mm-hmm. we won a seven man and I remember I almost didn't even play that tournament just cause petty drama you know whatever and they're like you're not gonna play cause we picked up this dude or this or that and I remember I was just like whatever like I was super focused and that was one of the tournaments where I felt like I played my best so it was one of those things where I was like I really wanted to be there and I really wanted it and I think I remember I was like pretty good you know you win, you win a tournament a pro tournament you're and you have a game where you shoot five out of the seven dudes, you kind of like, all right, well, I'm the best player on that day. Well, you know what's kind of cool, too, I think, is that you, in your particular position, you, know, you were, you were, you kind of came up with all these guys, or, you know, like you're, you know, going through the list of your, your buds that play on all these different huge teams now. And, uh, and now, but then you stepped away from the game for a while, but you had these guys kind of tugging you back. I mean, the reason you got on some of these teams is because you had guys go to bat for you, you know, and be like to go to the management of the team or whoever. And yeah, I'm sure they'd seen you play some games. They knew who you were, but you had like peers going up to these guys saying, we got to get Rainy. We got to get Rainy back. Like on the Ironman, like we need Rainy back, you know, because you play kind of a, a, a hard role to play. It's kind of a pivotal role to play. What are your thoughts on your position on the field? I mean, what you know? How would you describe what you do and what you're good at, and what you think other people should be thinking about in the realm of that back mid player? You got to just be selfless, and like you got to kind of be selfless and just go out there and do your job. You're not going to get the glory of running in the snake and getting up to shoot five dudes. Yeah, you're not the midget running everyone down on the snake. No, you know? you're, you're the only the glory you're going to get is you hope that everyone dies and all the dust settles and it's a one on one. And then it's it's all it's on your shoulders, but last year I don't think I really had any of those situations where it played out like that, because I mean we were on a really good team, so we'd either win the point real quick or you know we'd lose it. Yeah. But yeah, you know. I mean, what's going through your mind, kind of, as your midpoint? You know, I mean, you're you're starting out the point trying to shoot someone off the break, right? Most of the time. Yeah, because then if like if I mean if I shoot someone off the break. Whoever it is, it was like Chad playing in front of me on the Dorito. He's going to go up there and kill a bunch of people. So I'm, I'm like, Phew, my job's done. Yeah. I just sit here and don't let him fill out. And if he dies, I'm thinking, well, he died, so now we should lose the point. So I, there's no pressure. I always thought the same way, too, because people would always be like, what are you thinking when it's three on one? Like, how do you pull that stuff off? And I'm like, dude, I'm thinking there's no pressure here. I'm supposed to lose this. I'm not no- supposed to, to lose. I can do whatever, you know? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, if it's just one of you and there's two of them like you dude you're not supposed to win that situation there's no pressure in that situation same if it's two on five you know see a lot of guys get really tense in those moments i'm like that's the moment you should be the least tense like yeah i may hurt a little bit like that's gonna suck but, yeah, but other than the little bit of pain five or six balls is gonna cut on whatever i mean that's not the first time you've been on that no big deal shouldn't be thinking about that but um but yeah there's no pressure in those situations well, the only pressure a back guy has this is when it comes to a one-on-one? Yes, that's that's. And they the put mo- you back there, so they're like, hey, it's a one-on-one. It's our back guy against their back guy. And the, if you lose it, they're just like, 
<laughs> it's like a field goal kicker. You can't see like, Randy's face, he but he's good. <laughs> and they expect you to kick that field goal every time. And if you yeah. miss it, they're just like, gee, what are, why are you on the team? Yeah. <laughs> we asked you to do one thing. Exactly. <laughs> Stay alive, shoot people off the break, which I think is one of the hardest things to do. Shooting people off the break is tough, man. You got to be good at it. And, and then, you know, pulling out the game. Do you do specific... I mean, I'm assuming you do, but what drills do you do to increase your, you know, your probability of shooting someone off the bridge? Just repetition. Like I started, I was supposed to practice two days a weekend before each PSP event. But at one point I told Joe, I was like, fly me out the weekend before on Thursday so I can get out to the field by myself on Friday and just go out there and just do the shots that I know I'm going to do at the tournament a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So I just can close my eyes and I just know exactly where to put my paint at. Yeah. So that's what I would do, you know, like I'm like, if I'm going to sit in this dead zone and do this shot, it's like, I need to have that shot down. So I'm shooting in a spot, but I'm not even looking where I'm shooting. I'm looking at the paint coming back at me because you sit in a dead zone. The worst thing you want to do is have tunnel vision and shoot at a spot. And then the guy sees you sitting open and is like, what are you? And then just shoots you. So you want to get that shot down where you just know to stop, like get that muscle memory where you just stop right there. But your eyes are just looking at all peripherals. Yeah, that's it, that's a tough skill to acquire. That ability to sense to to be it's like kind of driving. You know, I mean, it, there's you know, let's say you're sitting in a car and you're driving down the road, right? You have the you've dri- you've driven so much that even though you're do, you're driving this you know one ton car, you know this car that could kill anybody that it hits. You're driving it you know seventy miles an hour down the freeway, or maybe even it's not the freeway. Maybe it's a windy road, you know. But you're still carrying on this conversation with somebody. So even though your attention is maybe towards the conversation, you're you're op- you're still operating this vehicle because you've had so many repetitions doing it. You don't need your full attention. So it's like once you get that repetition down, when you're throwing the paint exactly where it needs to be in order to hit that guy running out to his spot, you now can still achieve that goal that you need to do, but also let your mind go to the either the next place you need to go or be seeing all the other variables. Because I think that's a big thing too. I mean, the best back players are able to you know, quickly take advantage of situations, fill out when they need to, you know, because back players traditionally aren't the fastest or the smallest guys, but they still have to make these really tough bumps out to back bunkers from the center a lot of times to get out to that back corner or make that And those bumps are like, there's like like a window. It's like a two-second window. You can't, once you lose, like you see your guy get hit sometimes and you just got to go before the team realizes that they shot him. Because otherwise, if you kind of sit there, then you wait, and your guy gets pulled, then it's like that window is gone. So sometimes you just... can't worry about getting shot. You just got to be like, oh, got to make that move. Otherwise, we're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very important thing, and you have to drill that in order to actually achieve that level of proficiency. Yeah. So, so the shooting off the break part should be the easy part because that's the part you get to practice. Making the read is just super situational. You don't get to make the read unless, you know, you play tournaments. But getting that shot off the break, that's just determining hard work. So if you put in the hard work, you'll have that shot, and then you can do everything else, you know? Yeah. How much do you think fitness is kind of playing a role? Because I, you know, I saw you're training with Scotty now. Yeah. Scott Kemp getting everybody jacked and tan. Are you gonna get tan too? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like I don't see. That's the thing. I, I wasn't trying to get jacked. I'm trying to get stronger, and getting bigger is a byproduct of trying to get stronger. Absolutely. Some guys just try to get bigger just for the aesthetics. Yeah. So. So you're looking for functional strength, functional ability, is what you're. Yeah. Trying. So I go. I go to Scotty, and he trains me, and I also bike, bike a lot. So that like you know. Works me out in another way, but yeah, I think it helps. I mean, you know, come Sunday after we won our tournament at West Coast Open, I was like, I wasn't even tired. I was just like, I felt good. But then at the beginning of the year, it's like, you know, come Sunday, I'm just like, oh, I'm a little tired, I'm a little sore. 
So it really just helps you get ready for playing paintball three days. You know, and when you're gun fighting on Sunday, your snapshot is as good as it is that first point. You know, you're not, because you come out those first points and you're just crisp and you're just gun fighting, wheel and deal. And sometimes on a little Sunday, you're a little sluggish. Yeah. So that just basically eliminates everything. And you look at a lot of guys in the league and they've been doing this for a while. And I never did that. So I was competing against these dudes without, you know, going to the gym once at all. Really? I can't tell, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? No, nah, that's why I think it's, as, it was funny because you're like, yeah, I'm in with Scotty. I'm like, it's going to be sweet to see Rainey show up like no. third, third of an end, just like, you know, I'll extra never... 15 pounds of muscle on you or something. I don't know if I'll ever be like, because there's some guys walking around the gym that are just like, oh, and I'm like, can yeah. you imagine me like that? And he's like, no. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, yeah, Scotty's got good at getting people yoked, so, oh, no, you know, definitely. like, I it's, definitely feel it. I definitely feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Well, it is, it, but that's an interesting thing because, like, they're, you know, that's something that, you know, paintball does have a lot to do with your innate ability, but, like, we've been talking about pretty much this whole time, I mean, how much effort you want to put in to cultivate your innate ability is really going to be the determining factor, especially deep into the tournament. And anyone that's played deep into a tournament or deep in, you know, played, showed up at sunset and played till sundown two days in a row knows how, you know, dominating that can be for your body. And, uh, you know, I can't remember what, who this quote's by, but it's um, from, I think it might have been Muhammad Ali. I'm not really exactly sure, but I, I was reading about this one fighter and he was talking about it and he basically said, you know, there's some people out there that go into their fight knowing that the guy they're about to fight is training harder than they are. He's like, I can't fathom those people, you know, because it's logically doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. So this is, if you were, if you've already been this good, now you add a little, because think about, like you said, you know, I mean, if you're, you're a gunfighter by trade, that's what you do. You get paid to gunfight, dude. That's, that is your job for Impact. Impact's not picking you up to play a snake, nope. you know. I mean, you can get in there. I've seen you get in there, <laughs> yeah. you know. I've never, you know, I've seen, I've seen you get off the break before and you're very versatile. You're one of the most versatile two or threes in the game, but... That's not what they're paying you for. You know, they're paying you to be a gunfighter. But, you know, those stabilizer muscles and that ability to hold those lanes deep into the tournament or have to gunfight against a guy like Jason Edwards, you know, I mean, Jay, you know, Jason's he's a, like, oh, he's, he's a beast, beast dude. Yeah, he ain't going to get tired. I looked at his Instagram today and he was like, after a 12-hour work day and doing deadlifts at CrossFit. And he has this like, I mean, a couple hundred pounds just, I'm like, just, oh Just a gosh. monster. Yeah, yeah, that Jason Edwards. Yeah, yeah, that dude, and that's, he, I don't know we always talk about this, but that's another good success story. That's a guy that went from being, like, his nickname's Fat Kid for a reason. He was yeah. the fat kid, and then now he's this jacked monster. <laughs> and that, that was funny, too, because at the beginning of the year, I was like, I, I, I really felt like I was just like, I felt like I showed up to a test that I hadn't studied for, that I tried to cram for, and I was just like. It was like a nightmare, dude. It was. It was straight up like a nightmare, and I was just like, I remember I was just embarrassed and felt so sick. I was like, I'm not letting this happen. I was like. I'm going to, I remember I played like two, between those two PSPs, I played two tournaments. I was playing Saturday, Sunday. I was doing drills on like a Thursday night with the team. I mean, I can only tell you how much paintball I played in between those two events. Yeah. So that, I kind of learned a lot about myself. I'm like, so that's why this off season, I'm like, I've already played three weekends. I went out there, actually I played two weekends of walk-ons with pump gun. Really? Dude, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on the pump gun. Dude, pumps are fun. It's a challenge, dude. Dude, me and Scotty, me and Scotty never really played at the pump. And uh, we went out and did drills one day for that, that one tournament they had. And we went out there and we were pump champions by the end of the weekend. <laughs> we had to lose a game. <laughs> yeah. I never got shot off the I never got shot once. I ran out of bounds. I shot more people off the break with a pump gun than I did with a semi-auto gun. Well, it's also going to get, I mean, your snapshot gets down. I mean, you have to, you know, just by force of the yeah, you're playing against kids the limitation you're given, you know. I mean, like, yeah, if you're out there, I mean, it, dude, 
if you're really good at paintball, take a pump gun, go play walk-on against some dudes with machine guns. Whew. Yeah. You feel so good, too, because you're like, you just hear their gun ripping, you just, boop, and you look at the ref, you see him, you're like, yes, I got him. Dude, that's why, like, such a challenge. when I stopped playing tournaments and put my effort towards that, you know, I, I went and, and at the time uh, was kind of traveling around and playing big games and stuff, and uh, one of the crew crews that I would run with occasionally was the Hitman group, you know, Sonny Lopez's group. And I was so impressed at, uh, which it kind of, and I, you know, knew Pump and, and I played a little bit of Pump, but, you know, especially back in the day. But, uh, but you'd he'd have these like 14 year old kids out there on like a big ass game, you know, there'd be 100, 200, 300 people on, on a side and they would be right up there in the thick of things with a pump gun executing people, doing as good and getting as many kills as Every, as myself that had like an autococker oh, or a machine no. gun or then but then I so I started taking my pump gun out because you wanted to get a couple sets in you know but it was like to these kids and it was like a whole nother side of paintball because to them they did you weren't like a tough paintball player like you know or like somebody that was like you know rolled hardcore unless you could pick up a pump gun and go out and kill with a pump gun too because it kind of like us like surfing you know there's tons of different ways you can surf you know I mean you can surf with a shortboard Longboard, little waves, shortboard. I mean, there's so many different variations that you can do out there that kind of give you the ability to do different things with the wave, you know? And then, you know, you got guys like Lauren Hamilton who's like a straight waterman. Dude, he does everything, you know, toe and surfing, big wave surfing, regular surfing, whatever, dude. Like, if it involves the water, stand up paddle boards, it doesn't matter. If it involves yeah. the water somehow, he's good at it, you know? And that's, you know, you go to Hawaii and you, those, they call them watermen. Those are guys that are just really amazing at all of the different elements of being in the water. And they're highly respected. And so with paintball, I look at paintball the same way. You know, it's like if you can be a, a killer with a pump gun or go play MAGFED or whatever, dude, you know, like Rock go play the grenade launcher in UWI. I, haven't, I don't know about the grenade launcher. Oh, I can't, man. I can't I, get in the grenade I, launcher. I, I rocked it for the, like, they're like, hey, who wants to be the grenade launcher guy? And I was like, wait, what? We get to use a grenade launcher? Like, yeah, here. And they gave it to me, and I'm, I'm running around with it, and you know, I hear them go, Randy, Randy, we need you. Run over there. I got the GoPro on my head. <laughs> and they're like, shoot that thing. And I just throw my paintball gun. Boom. See the ref call like out three people. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you got a rocket launcher kill, dude. Yes. It's funny. Like, I, you know, growing up kind of being a little bit, uh, like, I, you know, I, I, I totally love the whole play war thing. Like, I'm cool with that. Let's, let's. Let's quit the bullshit. Put all things aside. Essentially, paintball is that. Okay, oh. you know, I totally get it. I'm down for that. It's what brought me into the game in the first place. But then you realize the sport aspect of it. You get totally into that. So I dove into that and love that part of it. But you know, definitely love the whole like let's go out and just have fun and like have the, the big games and that sort of thing. But um, I remember sitting there. Uh, I never thought I'd be doing this. I was. It was at like Decay Nations couple years ago and I'm like crawling up and it just shot a bunch of dudes and then here comes a tank and this tank rolls up with <laughs> double automatic titmans and it's just executing everyone <laughs> just like you know two scuba tanks on a fully automatic titman with like a huge crate of paintballs and then I'm like look, and I've got a lot of funny ass tank stories of like taking tanks down or at least attempting to take tanks down like both <laughs> failing and succeeding and I'm but I'm looking at this one and I'm like trying to look for a weak point. I'm like in the reeds and this guy's just murdering everybody and I know I'm next and I never thought I'd start screaming this, but sure enough, I read this, I'm back and I'm like, we need a rocket launcher. <laughs> Who's got a rocket launcher? I'm just screaming for somebody to have a rocket launcher. No rocket launcher shows up. I get murdered by the yeah, tower. Right. I was like, I walk off just covered in paint like, damn it. <laughs> Where was the rocket launcher guy? 
Yeah. So yeah, no, that's the UWL is cool, man. Uh, the UWL is super fun. Uh, it's just I don't know paintball, all different. Even pump UWL, woods, airball. I hate it when people are like, oh, you know, speedball is stupid. Why do those guys take it too seriously? Your guys are like, oh, why would you want to go play war in the woods? And I'm like, I'm looking at both those people like. What's wrong with you, man? We're playing paintball. What is wrong with you? It's fun. We're playing paintball. It's all fun. Even if you and me were to go out in the parking lot right now and play yeah. dodgeball, that would be super fun. You know, like it's all fun, man. If paintballs are either getting shot at me or I'm shooting at people, like it's gonna, I'm put, a, it's gonna put a smile on my face. You know? A lot of people too are like to play paintball are addicted to those type of competitive atmospheres, like dodgeball or this or that, or even shooting. I mean, when Splatmasters come out, that's what I got. I bring those to the tournament and. Just shoot people just for fun. <laughs> I try to tell my friends to go buy them because I'm like, what more fun right now to be more drinking than play splat? Like, come on, <laughs> tell me this isn't fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I think those things are great, man. I mean, a, a, an actual paintball gun that lets kids go out and play when they're 10, completely safe, doesn't hurt very much at all. You know, like that's yeah, that's definitely a magic ticket right there for sure. I was roughing a tournament and I was just shooting other refs when I was playing, but I, I chronicled one of those things. I'm like, it's like 130 feet, 140 feet per second. Like these things do not hurt. No, yeah, well, that's the first, you know, I, Rich Telford, who's running the whole, or one of the guys that runs the deal over there and doing a good job, love Rich, but he's just like, yeah, you should go check this thing out. And at first, I didn't really think through the repercussions of what it could do. So I was like, oh, you know, okay, it's cool. It's another paintball toy, essentially, right? But, uh, but then I go over and I shoot it and then, you know, talk to him a little bit about it. And, I'll, and then, I, you know, first thing I did when I grab it was just shoot myself in the hand point blank. I'm like, well, bam. I was like, well, it didn't hurt that much. You know, and I'm like, okay, I could see how this would be cool, you know. And then I was shooting. I'm like, oh, this thing shoots pretty straight, you know. And I'm, so, no, nah, it's it's definitely – I wish that that was around when I was a kid, to be honest. You know I mean? Think about all we, the stupid stuff we did when we were kids. I think I used um, like, like Windex bottles mm -hmm. and squirt water. Playing like on like the side of someone's house and setting up little bunkers. Yeah, slingshots, water balloons, BB guns, whatever, all yeah. that dumbass stuff that we did when we were kids. It was not safe at all. No, you know. So, what, did I, what was I playing with? I played with a uh, airsoft with the green gas, like the hard ones, and just had snowboarding goggles and like a bandana, and it was just we were just shooting each other. And I mean, I remember I, I didn't get shot, but I shot my cousin in the forehead and neck, and he was bleeding, just crying. I'm like, let's not play this anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to get shot. Yeah, like you got shot. That's good enough. Yeah. Well, it's there's it's paintball, man. I mean, pretty much, it's all fun. That's why I'm always anytime I hear those people talk about, oh, you know, the big games are dumb. Why would you want to? It's playing wars gives a bad name for the sport. I'm like, you're crazy. And then anyone that's like, oh, those people guys take it too seriously. I'm like, you're crazy. To me, it's this is all paintball, man. It's all fun. There's nothing out of bounds. You know, even Splatmaster. You know, I mean, like I'd be down to go out there and play with those guns. It's like we're, we're still essentially just you know bringing it back to when you're kids and that pure innate joy of doing something that throws your adrenaline up and makes you start your mind start pondering all these different variables. Yeah. Like, yeah, am I gonna get shot right now? Totally, you know. And then and the fact that those kids can now start with that. That is a cool thing about paintball. There's just so much diversity in, in it. So it's kind of, it's been interesting to see, you know, things evolve over the years. So I'm looking forward to, to next year, though. I think next year is going to be really cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, I'm already, like, like normally in the offseason, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Right now, I'm just like, when is the season coming? Like, yeah. I'm playing paintball every week, and I'm like, is it January yet? Is it February, March? I, I can't wait for next year. Yeah. it's play a lot of paintball. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting to, and, you know, just to see how things shake out. I, I'm always just fascinated by 
what happens to everybody, you know, and who's going to rise to the top. Like X Factor this year, winning the World Cup. <sighs> Talk about a crazy story. I mean, that's a, that's an awesome story. Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, it's it's funny too because people are like, oh, surprise, they won. It's like, no, nah, I mean, like, yeah, they weren't like a favorite, but it's like any any one of those teams in that division can win on any day. It's like football. Yeah. Whoever shows up with the more, most will is going to win. Whoever yeah. puts in the work is going to win. Yeah. I mean, Char- Chargers beat the Chiefs yesterday. Yeah. Somebody's like, man, the Chargers beat the Chiefs. I'm like, yep. They, they wanted it more. Bill Rivers is a competitor. Yep. And that's, but and that's, yeah. And that's because people did say, like, oh, I didn't think X Factor would win. And I was like, honestly, we've been kind of saying it all year. If, if they could fix the penalty problem or at least fight through it and uh, and all show up and everyone play good at the same time, they all get a shot to win any tournament. And then they just happen to do it at the biggest tournament of the year. And, um, you know, considering how they'd been, they had to fight some relegation games and had like tons of penalties and they brought like, you know, I've been trying to work, you know, they tried to work Wake on, and it didn't work out with Wake, and then they tried to bring Jesse Stevens up, that didn't really work out, and then they just went with, like, Condense a core their group. Their core. Just a core, yeah, and Scotty was, played great for them, and, like, Scotty was out there murdering people, and Archie played great, and, I mean, Dimitri even played some points with a broken hand, like, but the whole core group all of the team, dude. all of them Todd Mar- know, stepped up. Yeah, they hadn't been playing Todd Morrow much, and then he went out there and was just, every point he went out there, he played great. Yeah, I mean, it's a... And they and now all of a sudden they're gonna be any tournament they play next year they're gonna be favorites in because they beat everyone at World Cup and beat some damn good teams. They beat us. Yeah, exactly. They didn't beat us. They they smashed us. That was a little bit of smashing. Yeah, we. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what to say. I mean, they just they just smashed us. It wasn't like oh, you know, we made a couple of snakes. It was seven to one. Yeah, seven to one game. So it was like maybe we got lucky that one point. Yeah, I mean, like you know what I mean. Yeah, they they came in with a, but the game it's, it's yeah that's the, but that's the thing it's so mental, the game is so mental which I think is probably one of the most addicting properties of it like yes physically you get a huge rush from it and everyone always talks about how addicting paintball is physically because you get that adrenaline dump and you're out there you know exert it's just a very unique thing to be doing, and then uh, but to me the game was I think the reason why after I. You know, I kind of achieved everything, played on the team I wanted to play on, helped start a team, you know, did the things I won one championship, did the things I wanted to do, but I was like, all right, well, why, you know, people would always ask, like, why do you still play? And I was, it was that mental battle, the gunfight. That was what was the most addicting part of the game for me, was to be in a bunker with somebody in front of me, and there's another dude who's really, really, really ridiculously good at what it is we're all trying to be good at, and I got to try to beat that guy. You got to outsmart him. Yeah, you got to outsmart it's, him. It's, it's like you got you to gotta make him do something you want him to do so you can do the opposite and shoot him it's kind of like in poker it's like get him to do what you want him to do it's all mind games it's all mind games man it's all just trying to you know trying to be the one that acts make them react you know and then if they do act well then you want your reaction to be so amazing that they are now for it so it's this constant so now you got to be like two steps ahead of them yeah and then it's like are they on this level what are they thinking they think i'm gonna make this move well they know i'm gonna make this move yeah so instead of doing that move i'm gonna do this yeah it's the joust, dude. I love it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So that being said, there's gonna probably be some more off-field jousting. So he's gonna pick up poop, and we'll keep you guys all updated on that stuff. Well, Rainy, thanks for sitting in, man. Appreciate it. Definitely. We'll have to keep checking in with you as uh, things progress, and hopefully, you know, hear some cool stories about your travels to Europe. And oh yeah, I actually, I pulled out my GoPro and like because I had it last year and I barely use it, and I'm just like getting the hang of it. And I'm gonna carry that around and probably put it, strap it on my forehead a couple games. You should, dude. I, I did it for like that UWL, and if like, I loaded up the YouTube, and it's not that good, but still, it's pretty awesome when you have it on your head because it looks like a straight first-person shooter. Like, it looks like I'm straving, just you know, got both guns, grenade launcher and gun are moving, <laughs> just 
throw the gun, you know, grenade launcher, do a little flip, strap it back on my back. Did you get your three kill grenade launch? It was literally like, on, I, on, I pulled it out and I did a flip, just like by coincidence, shoot. The ref starts like, I'm like, I'm screaming, get him out, get him out. Because you're supposed to call a ref over. Yeah. But I didn't call him over. So I basically will the ref to pull the guy out. So then I'm sitting there and I, so, uh, somebody's yelling my name. I'm like, all right, I'm coming, I'm coming. I strap back up, do like a U-turn, come up on the side of the field. And I'm like, where? They're like, right there. And I'm like, shoot at it. And they shoot at it. I toss my gun down, pull the grenade launcher out, boom, shoot one hand. This is all on your video. Two, two and a half minutes of footage. And then I just put, put it back down, load it back up. The video cuts out. That's badass. Yeah, it was real, sweet. and that was my first game with a grenade launcher. <laughs> so you de-virginized yourself with a grenade launcher by just handling business out there, yeah. murdering people. And after that, they're like, "You get to get grenade launcher every game." <laughs> I think we won that UWL. It was like, uh, it was like the Raiders, Chuck Hedge. It was I, fun. I think I might have was was this no was that the time I played with you on the Raiders? No, nah, this was uh, this one Bob Bob didn't play. This was out in Utah. Oh, okay, all right, all right, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, man. We'll uh, maybe have to put some of your stuff up on uh, PBA when you guys, you know. Oh, another thing too. I'm doing actually. I'm gonna do. I'm doing a one-on-one challenge to anybody in the Southern California area that wants to show up. I'm only gonna put a hundred bucks out, but anybody that can beat me best out of five times, I'll pay them a hundred dollars. Really? It's so, funny you say that because one of the things I want to do this upcoming uh, year, I don't know when I'm going to try to pull it off as soon as I can, but I want to do a one-on-one tournament. Scotty was telling me about that. Yeah, I want to do that. How yeah. badass would that be, that's, dude? Dude, that's real Let's sick. just put it to rest. I mean, you know, we like, you You obviously got your, you know, five-on-five five situations, but when it's just one dude and one mono dude. Mono. That's, I played a one-on-one tournament and there, I'm like, nobody like name showed up. I didn't even know anyone. There, I've never felt more pressure in my life. Like, I had nobody to answer to. There was no flipping the card, running the percentages. It was me versus him. And I'm just like, you're playing best out of three, so I'd win the first one, lose the second. I'm like, I can't lose. Like, I drove five hours. I'm like, if I lose right now, what am I going to say? I got cheated. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say anything. I I lost because I suck. Yeah, that's great. Um, Well, maybe we're going to have to, you know, in prelude to that, film your one-on-one challenge one of these weekends. We could just put it out, like just say, "Hey, it's you know, it's gonna be a rainy one-on-one challenge. Throw, put your money on the table, and then whoever wants to play you, best of five. That would be pretty sweet. We yeah, could, we could do that. I feel like it, I was telling Scott, he's like, "Well, I'll just play you." And I was like, "No, I want to create like the pressure situation of like, like almost like a tournament setting where if I lose, I'm losing something, mm-hmm. and other people are like, I beat rainy, you know, or like, so I'm not, I'm not gonna let like a ton of people do it. I'm only gonna do like three people for the weekend because I was kind of thinking that through. I'm like, that could be a lot of one-on-ones." But yeah, definitely want to do that. Um, can I tell you my completely horrible one-on-one story? Let's hear it. <laughs> well, it's kind of good and kind of bad. So uh, we go to world where we go to uh, Mardi Gras, and I can't remember what year this was because we went there like five or six years in a row to play a tournament down there, right? And um, so we, you know, it's five man, um, and this is back during ten man. So we had two five man teams. So the the five man team that I'm on gets knocked out. We don't make it to the semis. So, uh, so obviously, you know, we got knocked out. We're in Mardi Gras. I think it was like 22 at the time going out. Right. right? So we go out all night long. Don't sleep at all. But our big thing was we have to get to the field the next day to help the other guys out. We're going to be super hungover or, and, or still drunk, but we're definitely going to show up at the field and help the other five guys out, you know, because we want to be team players, but we're for sure going out. And they were like, yeah, you got to go out. It's Mardi Gras. So we go out, do the whole Mardi Gras thing all night long. Don't sleep at all. I show up the next day, haven't slept a wink, probably still drunk, and uh, and I get to the field, and Todd Adamson comes up to me and goes, 
Do where have you been? You have to play in the one-on-one. I didn't even know there was a one-on-one. The one with the motor. Yeah. Playing for a jet ski. Yeah, yeah. Playing for a jet ski, right? And I'm just like, dude, I'm definitely not playing, bro. There's no (laughs) way I'm playing. I I didn't sleep last night. He's like, I don't care. He's like, I already paid for you to get in. And I was like, you didn't tell me. He's like, well, here's the deal. If you win, I'll give you $1,000. He's like, I'll pay for your entry. Don't even worry about that. He's like, I'm like, I don't even think I have my gear here, dude. And he's just like, whatever, just grab a gun from somebody. You got to get in there. I've already paid for you to play. You have to play. And I'm like, whatever, fine. I'm, you know, again, half drunk. So I'm just like, (laughs) and delirious from not sleeping. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I go out there and I I thought I was just going to get murdered because I'm like, obviously my reaction times probably are terrible, whatever I was, but I wasn't thinking about any of that. I'm like, whatever, let's play one-on-one paintball. No big deal. So I go out there and I start winning. So I win like all the way through the who, ranks. Who you beaten? Uh, I mean, I beat some some no name dudes. Like I, I don't, I can't remember. But then I beat like I think I beat Adam Gardner. I beat Marcus Nielsen. I beat uh, some dudes off Jacksonville Warriors. I beat that. I st- and That's so, a lot of people. Well, yeah, I started to beat all these different dudes on the way up, and it's one hit or quitter. You lose, you're out. Like single elimination, dude. So. I get all the way through, get all the way into the final game. I can't remember who I beat in the semis. I think I beat, like, some stud from Jacksonville Warriors at the time, and he was, like, looked good out there, dude. You know, I can't remember who it was, but he was he was murdering people. So I was like, you know, okay, I got to play this guy next. Like, you know, and it's, like, always that self-doubt thing. I mean, I, you know, it, it, and it's a one-on-one, but that's the cool pressure situation you get put in. But again, and, I, and, I, and now, now the day has started to wind down, so I'm like – and I'm not gonna use that as an excuse, but, uh, but so I beat that guy, get all the way to the final, right? So now I'm playing against some kid that had, who was like some local kid that he had also got all the way to the finals, beating good players the whole entire way. So I'm like, all right, so I go out there and uh, off the break, get shot right away. And it was best two out of three. So then I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, okay. So I'm like, get shot off the break. And I was like, no way. Cause like, I'm thinking I'm gonna stomp this kid out. You know, I'm like, I can, I'm gonna beat this kid. Super po- trying to think positive, you know, like the, like I've been doing all day. And uh, but I think the hangover started to kick in. That might be it again. Don't wanna, I'm not gonna use an excuse. Like I straight lost. So then get shot off the break. And then I'm like, all right, I gotta get back up. And by this time every, there was kind of a crowd there, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, and so, so then I start the next point and they like go and get the drop on him, like lose him, make a good move, and then like get in a situation and the kid comes out, wow, just in his first gunfight, shoots my loader. That's it, he wins the jet ski. And I'm like, no, oh, man, <laughs> oh, man. Oh. this would have been such an awesome story if I had actually pulled off the victory oh. and won with no sleep, still hung over, or hung over slash half drunk or whatever. Oh. That would have been such That's a great story. That's going to haunt you a little bit. Uh, it still haunts me to this day. Yeah, it was right. 10 years ago, more than that. <laughs> 10 or 11 years, more than that, whatever. Anyway, it's a terrible story, but still yeah. funny, funny. Not, it was terrible at the time, but a funny story to tell now in retrospect. <laughs> but yeah, that was my glorious my glorious one-on-one, but uh, but yeah, I could have won a jet ski that day. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I felt. I'd, I'd go out there, win the first one. I'm like, oh, this is no big deal. Lose the second one, go to the pressure third one. So it was, it was best out of three, and I'd do four rounds. So I did that first two rounds. Win the first one, lose the second one. I'd be like, oh, okay, can't lose, can't lose. I just bought paint, drove five hours up here, and then the next, the last two, I just won the first two games. I was like, let's just win these two. And it was like $25 with 16 people to win $1,600. Tight. Yeah, the guy doesn't do them anymore. He's done. He did three of them, and I know Blake Yarber won the first one. So like, I showed up thinking like Blake Yarber's gonna show up, like Ryan Martin, all the players that had played before. Nobody showed up. Yeah, I'm just sitting in my car like I registered. It's like Timothy. It's like come on, nope. I'm like where's everyone? Nobody showed up. I don't know anybody. Yes, <laughs> fully camoed out. So trying to be 
most incognito as possible. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's uh, uh yeah. So hopefully we can get that going. That'd be tight. You should definitely do the rainy one on one challenge. So you're saying hundred bucks. So hundred bucks. First to five. First for no first to three. So best of okay, five. Okay, best of five. And it'll be like three minutes, and they have to shoot me. Are you sure you don't want to do best of five? Because the longer that it is, the more of that a good player will win. At least that's what it. You I, I just say best out of five, and it'll be th- I'll play three people in a day. So if like you know a couple people are out there, they can sign up. I choose their names just randomly, and then they get to play. And if they beat me three times, then they get hundred bucks. But they have to shoot me. So if it stales, that's a victory. It's like they're playing against the house. Okay, so that's your advantage. So they have to come at me. So I kind of want to like create that pressure situation where someone's coming at me and I gotta, you know, gotta defend them off or shoot them. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be that would be sweet to see, dude. That'd be funny. Yeah, do it. I like it. And then no, no one has an excuse not to not to do it. Yeah, we'll help you spread the word for sure. I love it. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, thanks for sitting in. We'll uh, we'll keep everyone out there updated on. Uh, Rainey's Travels and How Impact Does. Also remember to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, help us spread the paintball gospel. You know, we're trying to uh, let the world know, man. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that go on behind the scenes. Paintball's a fascinating sport. And uh, and if, you know, you just happen to listen to this and you haven't played, man, do Jesus, do yourself a favor. And if you do play, get your friends into it, man. You know, it's, it is definitely one of the most unique things out there. And really, like we've been talking about this whole time, it's a true test of yourself and, and that's a really awesome thing to have an opportunity to do, you know? Yeah, there's nothing better than going to school and being like, ah, I shot Jimmy this week. I bunkered him. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, remember that time I bunkered you? Just never let him forget. Awesome. So, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to the Real Dope Podcast. Real Dope Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall. I'm Randy Stanzik, and we'll see you next time. Cool, dude.